With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Valdosta, Georgia. Foxy 97.5 FM. Victorious Living Bible Institute Incorporated, an affiliate of Christian Bible Institute and Seminary, a non-denominational Bible Institute founded as part of the Christian Education Department of the Upper Room Outreach Ministries Incorporated, based in Waycross, Georgia. VLBI has expanded now with an on-site campus in Kenya. Our mission is to equip men and women of God to be productive and functioning parts of the local body of Christ. VLBI provides affordable biblical education and leadership training for ministers, professionals, and laypersons. We will provide you with the skills, education, and character needed to effectively serve, equip, and shape the lives of others as they pursue excellence in Christian education, ministry, and leadership. Study on site at our Waycross campus or online in our learning center. Visit www.victoriouslbi.org. Call 1-833-884-8880. Command your morning devotion and prayer live at 5 o'clock a.m. Monday through Friday at WHLJ 97.5 FM in Valdosta and Moultrie, Georgia. Also on Facebook Live on Mondays. You can also tune in by going to www.foxy97.com or call in to 678079611, access code 266590. Evangelist Renee Sellers is your host. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. This is Evangelist Renee Sellers of the Upper Room Outreach Ministries in Waycross, Georgia, where my pastor is Pastor Samuel Sellers III. And we are live at 5 this morning on WHLJ 97.5 FM, Statenville, Valdosta, Moultrie, Georgia. You can also join us online this morning on the Internet at foxy97.com. That's F-O-X-Y. 97.com, and you can also join us on the conference call where we're going to go into prayer, intercessory prayer, after we go off the air at 267-807-9611, access code 266590. You can also join us on Monday mornings unless either I didn't get up early enough to get ready or something else happened. You can join us Monday mornings on my Facebook page on Facebook Live. We are live on Facebook right now. Deal with what's in the room is our subject this morning. But before I begin, I'm going to ask Evangelist Griffin to open our broadcast with a word of prayer. Like and share on Facebook Live. Heavenly Father, we've come giving you glory, praise, and honor, and thanking you for this day. Thank you for another opportunity, Lord God, to be able to come before thy throne room of grace to obtain mercy, power, deliverance, and healing. We thank you for the Upper Room Outreach Ministries, Pastor Samuel Evangelist, Dr. Renee Sellers, for bringing forth command your morning prayer prayer line on Foxy 97.5 FM. We thank you for this time and opportunity that we can gather together from the north, the south, the east, and the west, together in your name, giving you glory, praise, and honor for all that you've done in our lives and what you're yet to do, Lord God. We ask that you open up our spiritual mind, ears, and hearts to receive thy word this day that may be planted upon good ground, to come up into fruition as you called it to be. Lord God, we ask that you bless this precious woman of God as she brings forth the word, Lord God. Heavenly Father, restore the virtue and the praise right now, Lord God. Heavenly Father, as you continue to meet the needs in our life, both naturally and spiritually, Lord God, and continue to bless and an outpouring of blessing throughout the families, each and every family represented upon this line. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives and what you're yet to do, Lord God. But Heavenly Father, thine, O Lord, you are the greatness and the power, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. We know no other help but thee. We thank you and we praise you for all that you've done and what you're yet to do. In the master's name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
And amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Evangelist Paulette Griffin. Thank you so much for joining me on Facebook Live. If all of you could like and share, I, I know that people are off this week because of the holidays. I know that some people have already texted me and shared with me that they would not be on today. I thank you for letting me know. I thank you for uh, being uh, so diligent and being and honoring the ministry of Command Your Morning uh, in, in that way. So I want to encourage you to like and share, text somebody, tag somebody, and let them know that we are live at 5. Our subject this morning is for us uh, to be encouraged to deal with what's in the room. Why is it that Evangelist Sellers is talking about dealing with what's in the room. Why is it important, Pastor Sellers, if you're on this morning, for us to deal with what's in the room? Sister Carla, Lakeisha, Alicia, Miss Danny, everybody that's on Facebook this morning, why is it important for us to deal with what's in the room? Because when we become aware of issues that create disharmony, whether the issue is in our home, in our church, on our job, with other people in the community, we as believers, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, uh, we are responsible for being peacemakers and dealing with what's in the room. What, what am I talking about? I'll tell you about it later. We're responsible, Ms. Janice, that's right, for dealing with what's in the room. As we continue our series on the culture of the kingdom, we have discussed the following blessings or beatitudes or kingdom attitudes or that and the promises that are connected to each one. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3, as Jesus outlines and begins to teach this Sermon on the Mount, he begins with certain blessings that are attributed to those of us who would adhere to what he is teaching. Uh, verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, blessed are the merciful. And we dealt with that in detail. We talked about, oh, mercy, mercy me. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And we're going to come back to verse 8 probably on Wednesday, because Pastor Wright has the broadcast on Tuesday. We, we, we will come back to verse 8, which says, blessed Blessed are the poor, pure in heart, for they shall see God. These are called the Beatitudes, which means the blessings. And another definition that I found that was so beautiful was, is the bliss that belongs to God. <laughs> we have also shared that this word blessed means more than happy, and we're learning as kingdom citizens not to limit ourselves to just being happy because, if I, as I said last week, I said it several times, that we can go from happy to mad in a New York minute. But Jesus says, blessed are those, and, and that word blessed means to be approved by God. It means to be spiritually prosperous. It means to be fully satisfied. And it also, it, while it does mean to be happy, we're not limiting ourselves to just being happy. So Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount enables those of us who hear. It enabled the Jews that he was talking to at that time and the disciples, the multitude that he was ministering to. It enables us to hear and respond to what we hear, and it causes us to live a rich and satisfying life. The blessings that Jesus outlines in, in these Beatitudes enables us to live a, a rich and satisfying life because Jesus has already admonished the people and admonishes us to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I believe it's uh, Matthew chapter 4, I think it's verse 17. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My brother-in-law and, and I were talking about this word repent on yesterday, and Jesus already admonishes us to repent. And this not only means to change one's mind, but it also means to think differently. Because when your mind is changed, can somebody say, my thinking is changed. I got to deal with what's in the room. So Jesus is providing opportunity because of this new way of thinking. He's providing opportunity to embrace a new way of living, behaving, and responding to everyday situations. Jesus is helping us, Miss Linda, develop Christ-like character, a, a heavenly mentality. Oh, God, so many have embraced the world's way of doing, but Jesus is trying to get us to embrace his way of doing and being. Righteousness means God's way of doing and being. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ, and because of that, we don't live and act and think 
the way we used to. And somebody needs to write this down. If you're taking notes, the things that I used to do, I don't do no more. The places I used to go, I don't go anymore. Oh, God, the people I used to hang around, oh, God, I don't hang out like I used to do. So when we respond to life situations with the characteristics that are outlined in the Word of God, we are being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. I talked about this last week. I want to read it from the Amplified Classic this morning, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world or this age. In other words, don't be fashioned after or don't adapt to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, metamorphosis or metamorpho or changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideas. If you have the Amplified, you can read along with me. By its new ideas and its new attitude so that you may prove for yourself. Before I read any further, this is what my brother-in-law said as I talked to him about how my 10-year-old granddaughter is studying the Word of God for herself. She is asking so many questions. She is really uh, studious. And, Grandma, where does the Bible say that Peter denied Jesus? Grandma, where does the Bible talk about Jesus' crucifixion? She is asking a lot of questions. And this is what my brother-in-law said. Once she understands this for herself, then she owns it. It becomes a part of who she is. Somebody shout amen. And so when we begin to know God for ourselves, the Word becomes a part of who we are. We don't just read it, but somebody says, I'm living, oh God, I like living this kind of life. I'm living a blessed life because my lifestyle is in line with what God has outlined in his word. So it says, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight. Somebody say for you. Somebody need upper room to be on this this morning. Oh, God, because we need to understand, and if we're going to develop a kingdom mentality, then somebody needs to write this down. Then we got to do it together. If we're going to embrace this kingdom mentality, then we got to do it together. The only way, oh, God, we're no longer going to go along, as Pastor Wright would say, we're no longer going along to get along. We're going to deal with what's in the room. So that by as believers, our lives are not to be patterned after the world. Because when we were in the world, we get mad and we go on, we go to bed and we can sleep good. But if you are a believer and somebody is offended with you and you realize that they are offended with you, you can't sleep good knowing that you have not tried to resolve that particular issue. So we don't live as the world lives. We don't pattern our lives as the world. But we pattern our lives after that of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, King James, it says, Be ye therefore followers. And another uh, uh, definition of follower, a Greek term for follower, is imitator. And so Paul writes, Be ye therefore followers or imitators of God as dear children. What does it say in Matthew chapter 5 and 9? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons or the children of God. It says, be ye therefore followers, imitators of God, as dear children, and walk in love. And this is the kicker. When we walk in love, we will no longer have a desire to be peacekeepers, but we'll have a desire to be peacemakers. Because our love for God and our love for people will cause us to want to deal with certain issues his way. And so it says, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So this morning, as we started talking about being a peacemaker on last Monday, we're going to finish where we left off with verse 9. Blessed, spiritually prosperous, to be approved by God uh, are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons or the children of God. There's so much as it relates to being a peacemaker that multiple books have been written on this subject. I introduced a book the other week called Peacemaker, The Peacemaker by Ken Sand. There are so many books that deal with peacemakers, and in, in, in a, being a peacemaker, we have to bring along the phrase conflict, not just resolution, but in our Bible college we talk about conflict management. Why do we talk about conflict management? Because you and I as believers are stewards 
of peace. Mm, God, we are stewards of peace. Let me read on. So, 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 so many times, and many believers are more comfortable being peacekeepers when Jesus is challenging us to take the high road and be peacemakers. Somebody shout, Amen! Because there are so many people, even in the body of Christ, including leaders, that are at odds with each other. And when we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We don't have the same mentality. So there is no reason we should be odds with each other when we have the mind of Christ. And our mind is renewed daily. Somebody shout amen. Because the Jews were looking for a militant leader. They were looking for somebody to overthrow the kingdoms of this world. We got to understand that Jesus talking about being a peacemaker had to be a surprise to them. The Jews wanted an earthly kingdom, and they wanted to be delivered from the Roman rulership. But Jesus has already announced repentance, which is the only way to gain access to the kingdom of heaven. He is conditioning their minds and conditioning our minds with this new way of thinking and doing. And in doing so, we respond to everyday life situations in a different way than we did before we knew God. Can somebody shout amen? I started sharing from verse 9 last Monday. When people are so angry with each other that they neglect to come to the table, pride is often the main issue. But there is a a bigger issue that that, that causes that pride to be developed. Pride is a result of sin in the heart of an individual, and pride often prevents people from coming to the table when they know that they have a problem with somebody else. Pride prevents people from having a desire to change. Uh, somebody needs to like and share this morning because everybody in your neighborhood needs to get this. Watch this. Every one of your Facebook friends needs to hear this. Everybody in your sphere of influence needs to hear this. Selfishness is the number one reason that relationships neglect to be restored. I used to tell people all the time that, listen, the adultery, listen, the adultery is not a deal breaker. Uh, spending too much money is not a deal breaker in marriage. Uh, 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 having the wrong conversations or doing something wrong is not the issue that causes marriages to go through divorce. Selfishness is the issue, which is a result of pride. And so it's the number one reason that a lot of people are not speaking to their parents It's the number one reason that a lot of brothers and sisters are not talking. I'm talking about biological siblings. It's the number one reason that people in the church are at odds with each other. We come and we sit in the same church. We worship. Watch this. I said this last week. There can be no true worship of a true and living God if we are at odds with each other and have never made attempts at reconciliation. We come into church and we dance and we throwing our hands up. We, we, we doing all these things and we still have not resolved issues with the person that is sitting in the pew right next to you. There can be no true worship of God if we have not resolved issues with our brothers and sisters. So we're going to talk about that because the Bible lets us know that if you remember, leave your gift at the altar. If you remember thereby, somebody has an alt against you, then go to them, be reconciled, then come back and present your gift. The Lord wants your gift, but he does not want your gift without reconciliation with your brother or your sister or anybody. That thing has to be be resolved in the room of your heart. Somebody shout amen. So we want to have a right to be right. Everybody wants to be right because we were hurt. However, is that the way that our response bringing glory to God? We want to have the right to be right. You know, I, you know, they did me wrong. I feel some type of way. But, but being a peacemaker is not is, is a peacemaker is someone who is not in their feelings. A, a peacemaker is someone who is selfless and not selfish. A, a peacemaker is someone that is looking at the whole picture and is having a, has a desire to resolve the issue so that all of us, come on, Rodney King, can't we, can't we all just get along? Come on, somebody. So so we see all kinds of fights. We see wars. We see people going at each other. Pastor Sellers and I witnessed a East Coast, West Coast battle, and it wasn't with rappers. It was with preachers. East Coast, West Coast battle. I don't know if they ever got the issue resolved, but the problem was the battle was public. And it was among leaders who should should have exemplified to the people what it meant to be a peacemaker. Pastor and I were grieved. We, we mourned that situation. These, these people were on major platforms, but they're at odds with 
with each other, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. And I was like, this is a, a, a church, East Coast, West Coast battle. But when do we come to the table and learn what it means to be a peacemaker? Whenever we are aware that there is a problem. And so we see Facebook fights and people uh, throwing off and, and saying things to people. Watch this now. My question for you is when, how many people actually uh, uh, see uh, the post or read the post that is the one that you're talking to even on your Facebook friends list? <laughs> I need somebody to shout amen. We see wars and, fight, and Facebook fights, social media battles, but how many of the people we are talking to on social media actually know that we're talking to them? And when the opportunity presents itself, how many are willing to go to them and talk face-to-face? I have personally experienced, and, and my husband has personally experienced people uh, uh, saying things uh, uh, that negatively, but nobody came to the table to make peace. And so obedience to God, watch this, is an attitude that I refuse to be a people pleaser because people pleasers are are appeasers of people. People pleasers are only, uh, uh, they, they neglect to confront things because they don't want anybody to be mad at them. But a peacemaker, peacemakers, the Bible says, are the sons of God or are the children of God. And the scripture says, blessed are the peacemakers, spiritually prosperous are the peacemakers, approved by God are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. A peacemaker a pastor, right, is a person who actively intervenes to make peace. I'm not passive when I see something. I actively get involved. I'm going to intervene. I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to get in and be a mediator so that I can be a peacemaker. Peacekeepers will watch the strike from a distance and say, that's not my problem. Can I say that again? Because I look like my mom in this camera. Peacekeepers will watch from a distance, knowing there is a problem, and they'll say, that doesn't have anything to do with me. Let me say something about that. If you see it, now you're responsible. Because that particular situation, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, that just might be your assignment. Come on, somebody. That just might be your assignment because we are accountable and responsible for what we know. Peacekeepers watch things. Peacekeepers watch as people fall out, as marriages fall apart. And one thing my husband said, that when when marriages are going through, it is our job to help people stay together. That's a peacemaker and not a peacekeeper. A peacemaker takes positive action toward creating peace, even if doing so causes him or her to be despised, disliked, uh, oh, God, distanced by the very people that they're trying to help. And so thereby, a peacekeeper will often be silent when they should speak up because they don't want to get hurt. They don't speak up because they don't want people to leave the ministry. They don't speak up because they don't want anybody to watch this now because they don't want people to stop tithing and stop giving. They don't speak up. But if they're giving and they're mad and angry, the Bible says blessed is a, uh, that God loves a cheerful giver. Not an angry giver, not a peacekeeping giver. Come on, somebody. So thereby, a peacekeeper would be silent when they should speak up, but oftentimes people don't want to get hurt, so they don't say anything. They they don't want anybody angry with them, so they don't say anything. I don't want to get involved in that. That's none of my business, so I don't say anything. However, if we are believers and we are aware of a situation where people are at odds with each other, we are responsible for doing something and deal with what's in the room. We can pray about it all day long, ladies and gentlemen, but when Holy Spirit prompts us to stop praying about it and do something about it, when Holy Spirit tells us to stop praying about it and get involved, Jesus is not, watch this, when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, listen, he is taking us from praying about it to being about Can somebody shout amen? And so thereby we have to be obedient when the Lord tells us to be about his business. And being a peacemaker is being about it and not just watching it from afar. Our desire to glorify God. I need somebody to write this down. Our desire to glorify God should override a desire to be liked by people. 
Somebody needs to take that and, and just motivational Monday. That's a think about it Thursday a quick, a, a mentality right there. Our desire, because last week my subject was for the glory of God, and I talked about being a peacemaker. So in all that we do, we do it for the glory of God. Our desire, let me say this again for those in the back of the room, those that are driving on I-75 or, or, or Highway, I think it's 84, our desire to glorify God should override a desire to be liked by people. Because at the end of the day, at the end of this life, when we stand before God, I'm not going I'm not going to have to give an account for what they did. I'm going to have to give an account for how I responded. And so the Greek word for peacemakers means the founders of peace. Somebody write that down if you're taking notes, the founders of peace. So what does this, this mean when we are founders of peace? This means we take ownership of this obligation. Oh, God, we take ownership of our obligation as children of God. We thank you so much. As mu- I'm going to I'm gonna talk about that in a minute, Pastor Wright. As much as lieth in you, live at peace with all men. So those of us who are peacemakers are founders of peace. We take ownership of this obligation. Mm. We take ownership of this obligation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 17, Paul writes concerning our Savior Jesus Christ. He says in King James, for he is our peace, who has both made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Before I finish reading that, let me take a quick break for Station ID is 528. We're live at 5 this morning talking about dealing with what's in the room. We're talking about the fact that when we become aware of a situation where people are at odds with each other, then we are responsible for being peacemakers and dealing with what's in the room. Somebody say, deal with what's in the room. We're live at 5 this morning on WHLJ. 97, and some of us need to deal with what's what, oh, God, I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm going to, I might say it when we come back from my break. We're live at 5 this morning on WHLJ 97.5 FM, Statenville, Valdosta, Moultrie, Georgia. You can also join us online this morning at Foxy, F-O-X-Y, 97.com, and you can also join us on the conference call with these awesome men and women of God at 267-807-9611, access code 266-590. Join us after 6 p.m. for those of you that are on Facebook so that we can go into intercessory prayer. You can also join us right now on Facebook Live. For those that are on Facebook Live, please like and share. Let me finish reading from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. It says, for he is our peace, who, Jesus, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make of himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. Before the fall, before Adam and Eve allowed themselves to be deceived by the serpent, to disobey God, the enemy got in their ear and they disobeyed God. The enemy uh, influenced them to go against what God has said. Has God said The garden was established with peace reigning in it. And so the enemy came in with an attempt to disrupt what God had established. And what is happening today, why is there discord and disharmony among people? It's because the enemy is trying to distort or disrupt what God has established. Why is it that there is a, a a lack of harmony and division among Christian people, believers, uh, those in the church because of politics, Democrat and Republican, because the enemy is trying to disrupt, oh, God, what God has established. Why is it that Christian marriages are going through divorce every day? Because the enemy is attempting to disrupt what God has established. But watch this. The only way he can do that, ladies and gentlemen, of the church, of the kingdom, is if you and I allow it. When Jesus came to establish that peace on the earth, 
and he became our Jehovah Shalom. Can somebody write that down? That he is Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. And Ephesians chapter 2.14 lets us know that he broke down the walls that separated us from God. He broke down the wall that the enemy, oh God, had, had tried to use to separate us from God. He brought reconciliation, ladies and gentlemen. And you and I are ministers of reconciliation and our job, one of our responsibilities is to promote peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And, and, and because of our relationship to him, our connection to him, we have a responsibility to work our sphere of influence. We have an opportunity to work our sphere, those that, that we know, those that are connected to us, as many people as we can influence in the kingdom of God. We have a responsibility to be peacemakers, to deal with what's in the room. So much division in our nation right now as kingdom citizens, as kingdom ambassadors, as children of the most high God, Jesus is showing us that we are blessed when we do our part to not keep peace, but make peace. Being sons of the children of God, as sons or children of God, that means that we demonstrate his character, we demonstrate his attributes, and one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is peace. The New Living Translation says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, and one of those fruit is peace of God. And so thereby peacekeepers will compromise while peacemakers confront. Somebody write that down on your index card this morning. Peacekeepers compromise. But peacemakers confront and, and, and peacekeepers compromise by keeping their mouth closed and by keeping, you know, our mouths closed when we have the influence with that person, when we have the influence with this group of people, we are allowing them to think that they are in agreement, that we are in agreement with their silence. By being peacekeepers, when we have what, what, we, what, what in us to be peacemakers, we are allowing people to think that we agree with how they're dealing with a certain issue. Peacemakers confront, as Apostle Weems often tells us, that confrontation is not always bad. We have to confront certain issues if we're going to make peace. And in confronting them, all that means is we deal with them. We deal with them. We deal with the person. We deal with those issues. We have to confront in love and speak the truth in love and allow Holy Spirit to bring conviction that leads to change. Oh, God, we speak the truth in love, and somebody say, let Holy Spirit do the rest. Let Holy Spirit work on that person's heart. I studied something earlier this morning, and it said peace is not simply freedom from trouble, but that which makes for contentment and good. It said it is perfect and completely positive well-being it, it, with right personal relationships. It is only when we are in right relationship with God that we can have right relationships with other people. If you don't remember anything else, I need you to remember that. If you don't embrace anything else, I need you to embrace that. That's why two, the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Because only when we are in right relationship with God can we have right relationships with other people. So Jesus, in this part of the Beatitudes, is trying to help us with relationships with other people. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. He's trying to help us develop right relationships with people, but that starts with his announcement, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance, as I said last week, corrects the will. Repentance brings us into a right relationship <laughs> with God. Watch this. It is very difficult, Lakeisha for people to respond God's way when they don't have a relationship with him. It's very difficult for people to have and live in peace when they don't have a relationship with the source of peace, which is God. It is very difficult for people to be peacemakers when they don't have a relationship or have not become acquainted with the source of peace. Watch this. When we asked Bishop Reed in, in last week, and I encourage you, if you're not joining us on Wednesday nights for this teaching on spiritual uh, warfare and demonology, you are really missing out. Join us on Wednesdays in the Word. We asked Bishop Reed why people come to church with an attitude but can be happy 
in other areas of which they visit? Why is it that some people come to church when the Bible says enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise? We are coming into God's house worshiping because it's his house and Jesus is the head. But so often I have observed that we come with an attitude. We got an attitude with sister so-and-so and an attitude with brother so-and-so. Why is it that we can be happy everywhere else? But when we come to worship, we got our arms folded because somebody offended us. Bishop Reed answered this question. He said that people respond that way in worship because they don't know God. They have not become acquainted with God. They had not entered an intimate relationship with God. And so thereby, why do we have more, seems like we have more peacekeepers than peacemakers? Because there is no relationship, no intimate relationship with God. This is why many will prophesy in his name and do all these other things in his name. And they will be, uh, and what will be said to them is depart from me. I never knew you. I, I have not, you have not become acquainted with me. I never knew you. Depart from me ye that work iniquity. Attending worship service, going to church, does not equate to relationship. Let me say that again for those in the back of the room. Attending church, going to church, does not equate to relationship with God. Because so many have a relationship with the church or or their job in the church or they have a relationship with people that attend the same church but they have no relationship with the head of the church, Jesus Christ, and it's evident in responses to life situations. A relationship with the head of the church will put a passion in us to do all we can to be at peace with all men, Pastor Wright. And in order to be a peacemaker, we got to forget about ourselves. Enter into a relationship, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ is to forget about ourselves. The rich young ruler couldn't get, oh, God did not want to give up what he had to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The man had to go back and bury his father, did not understand that what was most important is an intimate relationship with Jesus and following him. Pride, oh God, is not the attribute of a peacemaker. Envy and jealousy and strife are often the results of pride, and we cannot make peace with other people until we get rid of all the negativity in our hearts or until we deal with what's in the room. Some people would rather be angry, and so many times they're angry without a cause because no one has taken the time to talk to each other. No one has taken the time to talk about the issue. Nobody has stopped to say, can I ask you what is going on? Is there something that we need to talk about? Nobody has taken the steps to be a peacemaker, so we being quiet, being peacekeepers. Uh Uh-huh. Some would rather be mad and lead the ministry rather than to take the steps to make peace. Mm. The Bible says, with all that is within you, be at peace with all men. I need you to remember this because somebody's going to need it next week and we got to hurry. There is no reason for any individual who is a true believer there is no reason for any individual who is truly is, is in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no reason for someone who is a true follower of Jesus Christ to leave a ministry angry with somebody else or got angry with somebody else. We have to ask ourselves, does my attitude bring glory to God? Does my negative attitude bring glory to God? The enemy always has and always will influence other people to stir up strife in the church. The enemy always has and always will uh, use somebody else's tongue to stir up disharmony and, and disrupt the un- and attempt to disrupt the unity in the church. We talked about this last week. God's kingdom is a united kingdom. And so what Jesus is doing when he says, blessed are the peacemakers, is encourage us to remain united. The purpose of the fivefold ministry in Ephesians chapter 4 of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, is to help us come to such unity in our faith, to bring us to a, a level of spiritual maturity or perfection. And so thereby there is no reason for you or me to leave a ministry mad at somebody else. If we do, we left the wrong way. And our leaving, our departure, 
did not bring glory to God. And so Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. Somebody shout amen this morning. Let's deal with what's in the room. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. It says in the King James that there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift and run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. This is one, all these issues stir up strife in the church. All, all these issues cause people to be at odds with each other, and he that sows discord among the brethren. And we look at other things and other people and their lifestyles, and we say, oh, that's an abomination, but we don't consider the lie that we told and the disharmony that we created an abomination. Oh, that's not me. Why is it important to confront and not be passive when there is strife in the church? Because so many times we are angry because of a lie or a simple misunderstanding. But we never know, we will never know what's really going on until we are willing to deal with what's in the room. In other words, we'll never know what's going on until we're willing to confront those issues. First Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 11, King James says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that, that, and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. A peacemaker, watch this, Lakeisha, refuses to entertain drama. A peacemaker refuses to entertain gossip. The peacemaker, the peacekeeper rather, will entertain the drama, but will stop there and never confront the truth. First Peter 3 says, seek peace and pursue it. Ensue it means to pursue it. And I want to read this again, verse 11 from the Amplify. I want to break it down in the Amplify. It says, let him search for peace. A lot of us are being silent as peacekeepers when the Bible says, let us search for peace. Let us make ways or create ways that create harmony. This, this peace means harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions and moral conflict. And seek it diligently. It says, do not merely desire peace for relationships with God. Do not merely desire peace for relationships with your fellow man and with yourself. But it says to pursue or go after them. Come on, somebody. Go after a peaceful relationship with God. Go, I'm chasing after you. Go after a peaceful relationship with your fellow man. Go after a peace, peace from within. The peacemaker can, can watch this, the peacemaker can sleep good at night while the peacekeeper, because issues go unresolved, their sleep is constantly being disrupted. Because if we don't deal with issues, including those issues that we are confronted with, with, they're going to deal with us. Somebody said, let's deal with what's in the room. Let's deal with what's in the room. Let's deal with what's in the room. A kingdom-minded individual is confrontational, confrontating any, confronting anything, rather, and anyone that disrupts peace and harmony in the body of Christ. Several years ago, I and I'm getting ready to close, I had an issue, and I'm being very transparent, but I'm not being too, giving too much information. <laughs> Several years ago, I had an issue where someone very dear to me stopped speaking to me for three years. And for three years, I did not know what happened. All I know is they stopped speaking to me, stopped coming around for three years. During those three years, Lakeisha, neither one of us took the steps to reconcile. See, you, some, you know, we don't, we got to remember that each party is responsible for being a peacemaker. Each individual is responsible for, for bringing reconciliation. It's not just his job or her job or their job. It's, listen, somebody said, let me point to me this morning. Self-evaluation is what everybody keeps saying these devotions are doing for them. It's causing us to think and do a self-evaluation. Each party is responsible, but neither one of us as believers took the steps. I'm, being, I'm keeping it real this morning because I believe if I keep it real, I can help somebody. Neither one of us took the steps 
to reconcile. I've, I've seen other situations where people uh, talked about the person on Facebook but never talked to the person face-to-face. So during these three years, watch this now, neither one of us, believers, Christians, people in church, took the steps to, to make peace. And, and I wasn't advised about what I did. Nobody told me what I did, but I never asked. Come on, somebody. I never asked. I never took the steps. I was just as wrong. I didn't take the steps. Even though I didn't do anything, I was just as wrong because I, did not, I also didn't do anything to make peace. And so uh, during those three years, neither one of us, you know, we didn't come around. We didn't talk to each other. You know, I just went along with the silence to keep peace. But one day when we were in the same room, somebody said, deal with what's in the room. Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you've done something to offend them. Well, I didn't know what I did because Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me, to deal with what's in the room, I took that as my obligation to call them and confront the silence. Mm. It, it, it took that as my uh, responsibility to call them and confront the issue. So I called them, and we talked, and I discovered that what offended them was something that I was not even aware of was offensive. And so so many people are angry with another person and sometimes people are angry, and the person doesn't even know what you're upset about because you never took the steps at being a peacemaker. You never came to the table, oh God, to talk about these issues. We're probably going to deal with this again when we talk about dealing with conflict and going to your brother or your sister. And so when I was in the room, and I had not been in the room with them like that in three years, the Lord wanted me to deal with what was in the room. And when you become aware of of somebody else's problem with you, somebody say, it's in the room. Not only do we need to confront the person and speak the truth and love, talk to them, but we have to confront those things in our heart that get in the way of making peace. What gets in the way of making peace? Pride. What gets in the way of making peace? Selfishness. What gets in the way of making peace? Jealousy. What gets in the way of making peace? Envy. What gets in the way of making peace? Pride. What gets in the way of making peace is is waiting for somebody else to be the peacemaker, waiting on them to do all of our job. And so how do we deal with what's in the room? Number one, when, when ask yourself some questions, when you speak to them, number one, Speak the truth in love. Don't harass them. Don't beat them up. If they're not willing to talk to you, listen, because you went to them, you and God are all right. Now it's time to pray for their heart to change. So number one, speak the truth in love. Number two, never repeat anything that is going to bring harm and hurt feelings even more. Speak the truth in love. Be a peacemaker. But if you know it's going to cause more hurt, refrain from saying harmful words. And harmful, something harmful would be, you did this to me. Don't blame them for how you feel because you got to own your feelings. You got to own your feelings and you got to accept the fact that you're the one that that, that chose to feel that way. You're the one that chose to be angry. So don't listen, you you did this to me. We got to learn to own our feelings and not uh, uh, blame somebody else for how we feel. We chose to feel the way we did. And so, for the sake of peace, do not repeat anything that is harmful to them or that gets in the way of making peace. You got to ask yourself some questions as you go to the table. Is the statement that I'm about to make something positive? We got to learn to, we got to unlearn some of the ways that we talk over the years. You know, mom and them would just tell us to, you know, they, you know, they would say anything, and, and you know, our feelings would get hurt. We just have to deal with it. But we got there's some things we got to unlearn, and some things we have to unlearn is how we talk to other people. We've got to learn to say things that build people up and not tear them down. And uh, the third thing that you have to do is when you come to the table, is make sure that you are honest about your feelings. Make sure that you're honest about how you feel. And, and and also, what I want you to remember is don't bring to the table what you heard. Come to the table with what you know. 
because the problem with so many people and why they struggle to make peace is because we're believing what we heard but not responding to what we know. Can somebody shout amen? As a matter of fact, don't even get offended with what you heard. What you need to do is ask yourself, is this true? Is this necessary? Listen, is this something that I need to even be focused on? So learn, oh God, you got to go to the table and be a, a promoter of peace. And so I want to encourage you this morning that if you know somebody, either you or somebody you know has a problem, if you know that there's somebody in your ministry that is at odds with somebody else, if you know that there's somebody in your family that is at odds with somebody else, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons or the children of God. Most of all, we got to learn to put the kingdom above our feelings. We have to ask ourselves and go back to wearing that old bracelet that says, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Can I say that again? What Jesus is teaching us is to put the kingdom above our feelings. Only when we do that, ladies and gentlemen, can we truly be blessed as peacemakers, peacemakers that are blessed and embrace the concept of being God's children, developing his character his attributes, his way of living and doing. So that's all we have time for today. My time is up. But I want to encourage somebody today that today is your day. Tomorrow is not promised. We went by three years and did not even deal with the issue. If somebody had died during those three years, then one of us would be living with regrets. I, I want to, we, we're utilizing these kingdom principles because we do not want you to live with regrets. So if there's a situation right now, somebody's offended you, you know somebody that is, that is not speaking and you've been trying to keep peace by being silent, today is the day to break your silence and confront that issue and be the peacemaker that Jesus has called us to be. I want to pray this morning that you will be that peacemaker. And right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we bless you and we praise you for this message. We thank you for your word that encourages us to be that peacemakers, to be your children, to demonstrate your attributes, to, be your, to imitate your character, to be imitators of God, following the pattern of Jesus Christ, to love one another, to love you with all of our heart, so mind, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves, so that we can truly be at peace with one another. As your word declares, to seek peace and pursue it. Today we are determined and we affirm that we will seek peace and pursue it. We will do our part, ladies and gentlemen, to resolve conflict with one another. Oh, God, we bless you and we praise you for this word that helps us to resolve conflict, oh, God, with one another in the name of Jesus. So being and, and, and living out this kingdom principle begins with receiving Jesus as Lord of your life. So we want to give somebody the opportunity, whether you're on this broadcast this morning or, or whether you would join later to embrace Jesus, to receive Jesus as Lord of your life because it begins there. Repentance corrects the will. And with repentance, it's not our will, but God's will be done. So repeat after me, and we're going to go uh, at 6 o'clock. Pastor Wright is going to take us into prayer. Repeat after me. If you desire to receive Jesus as Lord of your life this morning, Father, it is written in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Therefore, Father, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I make him Lord of my life right now, today, on this Motivational Monday. I renounce my past life with Satan and close the door to all of his devices. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sin, including holding back and being silent when I should be speaking up. I, I, I thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Jesus is my Lord, and I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are new in Jesus' name. So now we embrace kingdom principles and live according to God's word and walk in obedience to his plan for our lives. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called 
the sons of God. That's all we have time for today on this Command Your Morning. Join us tomorrow morning live at 5 with Transformation Tuesday with Pastor Gloria Moorwright. To God be the glory. I want to encourage you that if this word ministry has been a blessing to you, which I believe it has because it's a blessing to me every morning when I minister, I want to encourage you to sow this morning. You can sow at the com. You can give through PayPal or Givelify, or you can sow into Command Your Morning. Sow into this word at cash out dollar sign U-R-O-M-W. Embrace those kingdom principles and live like God encourages us to live. That's it, everybody. Those on the call, please remain in line. Join us on the call, 267-807-9611, access code 266-590. The Bible says in the New Living Translation of 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe that, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to hashtag on Facebook. I need you to say a because I'm saved and I'm proud. I am victorious this morning. To God be the glory for the things that he has done. Join us on the call as we close out this morning. To God be the glory. God bless you, and God keep you on Facebook. Watch me. last hour, you have been listening to Command Your Morning Prayer Line. Live this morning from the Upper Room Ministries Incorporated, 702 R.C. Davis Parkway, out of Waycross, Georgia, where the pastor is, Pastor Samuel Sellers III. The hosts of Command Your Mornings now, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. until 6 a.m., is Evangelist Dr. Renee Sellers. 
Don't forget to listen online Monday through Friday, once again, 8 a.m. 5 a.m. until 6 a.m. Here on WHOJ at www.foxy97.com. Command Your Morning is a service of the Upper Room Ministries Incorporated. 702 R.C. Davis Parkway, Waycross, Georgia. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.